Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. Why do big Australian companies keep getting hacked? Millions of us have had our private data stolen, opening us up to identity theft and fraud. Now, criminals even have our medical records. Today, cryptographer Vanessa Teague on why Australian laws are leaving consumers so vulnerable and why it won't be long before the next big data breach. Vanessa, what is going on? First there was Optus, now there's Medibank. How unusual is it for two big Australian companies like this to be hacked in such quick succession? Well, we don't really know, right? We know that we're hearing more about it than we have in the past. That might be because more of it is happening or it might just be because we're hearing more. But we haven't heard about this much and this serious uh, amount of data breach before. Optus revealed it was hit by one of the biggest cyber attacks in Australian history. Names, contact details and the driver's licence... ..at the centre of a large-scale data breach. This time, it's insurance provider Medibank Private. The company has confirmed a criminal has obtained customer information... ...has revealed that the cyber attack on its customers' data is much wider than originally thought. We first learnt an inkling of something that wasn't quite right on October 13, but Medibank didn't confirm until Tuesday the 25th that criminals had hold of data from Medibank customers. Yeah, what we know is that a criminal sent us a message on Wednesday morning claiming that they had 200 gigabytes of customer data uh, and they sent us a sample file and that sample file included records of 100 policyholders. And not till a few days later that we knew every customer had been affected. So what sort of information do these hackers have? Well, we don't know exactly, but according to Medibank, they have the a certain amount of sort of personal information associated with the account, like names and dates of birth and stuff like that. And they, the important thing that they have is claims data. Mm. Uh, in other words, they have the details of what medical procedures you build Medibank for mm. and the location of where you got that service and obviously the nature of whatever that service was, which in some cases is obviously very sensitive information. Yeah, it's really private health information. The Minister for Cybersecurity, Claire O'Neill, she condemned that in the strongest of terms on Sunrise. This is health information. It is private and personal information of people that has no place being put into the public realm and it will be a dog act if these cyber thugs make a decision to make any of that information public. What can hackers do with that sort of information, with private health information? So, I mean, the obvious first thing is extortion, which is the crime that we now see Mm. being perpetrated. So there's actually two quite separate crimes here. One is exfiltrating the data, like stealing the data, and the second crime is the extortion attempt to obviously try to get Medibank to pay up in return for some kind of promise not to do anything nasty with it. Mm -hmm. So that's the first and most obvious thing to do with the data. I also wonder what other 
ways they would have of making money out of it. So this is speculation, but there's the potential for extortion against specific individuals. Mm. So the threat would be to expose some stigmatised health condition and they would be attempting to get money from the individuals in return for a promise not to do that. And then the third thing that I can think of, although I don't have any evidence that this is happening, is potentially just selling the data set as a bulk data set into the ecosystem of data gathering. Mm. For example, the uh, pre-employment screening companies. If you've applied for a certain kind of job recently, you've probably had to give your consent to some kind of employment pre-check. Similarly, if you've had a rental, some rental um, agencies will ask you to consent to some kind of background checking. Seems to me like an obvious way of making a buck out of a big database like this. Hmm. Sounds pretty concerning though, doesn't it, for Medibank customers? And there'd be some high-profile people. I'm sure that these hackers have got the information of, they could be a target, I suppose. Yes, but it's actually the people applying for rentals and the people with long-term health conditions and the people on Centrelink benefits who actually stand the most to lose, Mm. potentially, from discrimination or exclusion from opportunities as a result of their personal data being leaked. Mm. The other really important thing about data breaches is they add up, right? They don't go away, they compound. Mm. The data breach from back in 2016, when the federal government released Medicare and PBS data for nearly 3 million Australians. Data.gov.au bills itself as an easy way to find, access and reuse public data. Government bodies from local councils to federal departments can post data sets for the public to use in apps or for analysis. But the Department of Health, in a recent publication of Medicare data, has run into trouble after it posted information... If you happened also to have Medibank data from the same families, then there's the potential to use the Medibank data to identify the Medicare and PBS data. So the combination of those two data breaches is actually much worse, at least for the customers who are in both databases, is much worse than the sum of either one alone. So, Vanessa, what do we know about how this data was stolen? I mean, we were told in the case of Optus that the hack was unsophisticated. The Minister, Claire O'Neill, she was furious that it was such an easy hack. We were told even a primary school student could have got away with it. We should not have a telecommunications provider in this country which has effectively left the window open for data of this nature to be stolen. Well, you certainly don't seem to be buying the line from Optus that this was a sophisticated attack? Well, it wasn't, so no. But what happened in the case of Medibank? Do we know that yet? So we don't have any official details from Medibank, which is a bit disappointing, Mm -hmm. but uh, Josh Taylor in The Guardian has cited uh, an unnamed source saying that Mm -hmm. it was related to a leak of credentials. In other words, that somebody who had legitimate access to that database, a Medibank employee, had their login credentials stolen and that those login credentials were then resold and then whoever bought them used them to log into the system. We don't really have that many details about it. Why does this keep happening? I mean, how can these hackers keep outsmarting the systems 
Is Australia doing something wrong in this space? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Australia has had 10 years of oh, not just inaction, but in some cases quite active action against security and privacy on the internet, right? We've had not only decades of not bothering to update our privacy law to bring it into line with other modern democracies, we've also had a decade of laws that really emphasised helping these security and intelligence agencies break into things in order to catch criminals, Mm. which is all very fine but is quite the opposite of securing data. Mm -hmm. So we've had this great ambivalence from the very top of our country about whether we actually want to protect data or not. And uh, I think that has to change. The lax rules and ambiguity and ambivalence about protecting data have put everybody at risk. Oh, gosh. And this, these laws, these rules that companies have to retain this data for such a long time, are they outdated too? Yes. Why, why your phone company should have to have your identity documentation at all is extremely unclear. And in a lot of other democracies, they don't. You can just buy a burner phone whenever you like. Mm. Again, it, the reasoning is that it supposedly helps defeat crime by ensuring that every phone owner is securely identified, which is all very fine and maybe it does, but it also puts everybody at risk because it means that every phone company is sitting around with 100 points of our ID, which can be involved in a data breach. So other nations you think are are doing things better. So what needs to change? We can see that the government has in recent weeks brought in new penalties for companies, Mark Dreyfus has been the talking about that. will not be just a cost of doing business. They mean big companies could face penalties up to hundreds of millions of dollars if they have serious or repeated data breaches. Medibank's probably lucky they're not in place just yet. It sounds like the laws are really stacked against consumers here. So what should we be doing? Or what can be done? So many people have advocated for a right of action by affected people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. It sounds like a good idea to me. So at the moment, we rely on the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner to take action in the case of privacy breaches. Uh, And they're, well, they tend to be too busy to be very effective. However, the idea that people should be able to take an incompetent company to court for the harm that has been done as a result of a privacy breach. I think that's a really good idea. Mm. Another thing that hasn't been talked about very much is a conversation about where the companies should pay the ransom. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's important to understand that paying the ransom makes this kind of crime a profitable line of work, doesn't it? If we all agreed that nobody in Australia was ever going to pay these pay out in response to these extortion attempts, then there wouldn't be an incentive to engage in this particular kind of crime. I'm concerned that neither Optus nor Medibank has emphatically and publicly said that they are not paying the ransom. I think it's a highly it's a highly unethical thing to do because it sets up a scenario in which the next criminal thinking about running this kind of extortion attempt against an Australian company is going to have a higher expectation that they get paid. Mm. These big companies, they have so much of our private information and they keep it for years and years. It's clearly 
very clearly not secure. We can see that. So how much longer do you think it will be until we see another big breach, another big hack of a big company in Australia? The situation that set up the conditions for both of these breaches exists in lots of other companies across Australia. So I'm not expecting that these two will be the last. Vanessa Teague is an adjunct associate professor at the Australian National University and specialises in the use of cryptography. She's also the CEO of Thinking Cyber Security. In last week's budget, the Office of the Information Commissioner was given $5.5 million for an investigation into the Optus data breach. The office is also liaising with Medibank. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.